Welcome to episode two of our 12-part off-season series. Tom Carter back at it on the Better Than the League podcast, Traffic Talks with Therm. And I'm ready to talk about a team that I'm very excited about going into 2024. This episode is called Nobody's to Somebody's for a Reason, and it's based on my excitement for the Lake Norman Nobodies as they enter in this offseason. And like we do with Alex, we're going to do a 2023 recap followed by a little bit of a 2024 offseason blueprint as well as draft, trade, and how I see them moving forward after the 2024 season. Uh, I do apologize if, if there is any sort of interference on this podcast. It is another rainy day in the Cincinnati area. So um, I'm hoping it doesn't translate too much to the podcast, but here we go. So Lake Norman Nobody's. Tommy moving from Boise to North Carolina really hasn't helped him all too much, but it hasn't hurt him much either. The nobodies go four and ten this year and end on, I believe, a six-game losing streak. But what was surprising about the nobodies this year is that the nobodies were the lowest scoring team in the league. Not by much, but he did clear Alex by a total of 35 points, making him the lowest score. But there's a different tone when I talk about the nobodies than I talk about the anal agony. And that's because of the optimism I have with this roster. The difference of this roster of why maybe they are similar in, in record and in points scored was more of injuries than talent. I believe Tommy's team has more talent than Alex in several positions. And I think that 2024 sets him up to where he needs less to be more of a of a competitor in this league than than what Alex would need. I still see Tommy as a 2025 contender, but I think 2024 will be fringe playoff, especially with injuries and maybe some underwhelming teams or some a couple aging teams in our league that could have hit a huge, huge downhill spiral coming in 24. So I see him as a French, but let's get into it. So what does Tommy have that's great? Well, Tommy starts with a two-headed monster, not just the two-headed monster. After this past Sunday against San Francisco, Tommy now owns the number one running back in Dynasty, and that is Jameer Gibbs jumping over Bijan as the Dynasty 1 RB. And that, I believe, is recency bias as we have watched Jameer Gibbs in the playoffs rather than Bijan's season being ended the regular season. Uh, and it's not by much. But Jameer Gibbs was the 102 for Tommy in 2023, just like Alex picking in the same spot as last year. And so 102 of this year. And then also Brees Hall. So what a great trade for Tommy in the long term. Trading. Essentially, what it happened to be Brees Hall for Nick Chubb. And with, with that being said, Nick Chubb, for me, obviously may not play. I mean, he's ranked, I believe he's valued under 100 in Dynasty startups, which makes sense, right? You have a guy that blew out his knee at age 28. The likelihood Nick comes back and is like a value contributor from a Dynasty standpoint is, is low. While Brees is now the RB3 dynasty. So what a win for him. I think it was a good trade at the time, but from a long-term objective, Tommy wins in a landslide. 
And so when you have these two running backs to, in this such a weird running back landscape, right? It it just seems like there's a bunch of RB RB twos and not a lot of RB ones. So to have two RB ones on the same team, both of them being extremely young and being extremely productive, it's just such a foundation for the nobodies, which is why they're become, going to become somebody's very shortly. And it's like their roster was constructed in a way where they knew this 24 class was going to be bonkers because the tight end position was acquired last offseason. It was Trevor Lawrence and 107 for Deshaun Watson and Mark Andrews. Now, Deshaun Watson hasn't panned out, but you can ask Eric. Trevor Lawrence wasn't that great either. And I believe Deshaun's going to be better. I just I think Deshaun's national spotlight is all negative, as I understand why it is. He's played he played much better than what people are giving him for credit for. Four and one as a starter. Uh, absolutely marvelous games against Tennessee and Arizona, as but we can see bad defenses. But also he played the best game of anyone against against Baltimore. Um, outside of just Mahomes last week, the only person to beat you know, Baltimore at Baltimore was Deshaun Watson. And he did it on a broken shoulder and a sprained ankle. So there's still, I mean, Tommy has had some bad luck with drafting quarterbacks and just in general, I believe he's drafted a Ritter and Bryce Young who both haven't panned out. But having Deshaun at least gives him someone that's definitely going to start in 24 and will likely be a top 12 to 15 quarterback. So it's something to work with. And then obviously we mentioned the two running backs, very little depth behind it. Kareem Hunt was fantastic for him. I don't think Kareem Hunt plays in the NFL next year, but we'll see. And then tight end was Mark Andrews. It's still a top three tight end from a dynasty standpoint and PPR startups according to DLF. So you have cornerstones at running back. You got a cornerstone tight end. You have a solid quarterback, which leaves us to one room in particular. And that's the wide receiver room. And there was a comment that Tommy made when, when Mike Williams went down with an ACL tear. And he says, oh, I just lost my wide receiver one. Well, Mike Williams should never be a wide receiver one for any team. <clears throat> Maybe not even a wide receiver two for any team. But he was Tommy's wide receiver one. And then he went, he went out. So he struggled. But he's got some pieces that I like to mention. I think a key thing I mentioned with Alex that Tommy did was Tommy scoured the waiver wire and got Khalil, I believe it's Shakur from Buffalo, who outperformed Stephon Diggs the last 10 weeks of the season and fits this Joe Brady offense who just now went from interim to full-time. So here's this guy that could be a, a competing flex spot next year. Wandale Robinson is the best wide receiver on the New York Giants as of now. I can see the, the Giants addressing wide receiver. But as of now, Wandale is a, is a great, great wide receiver. Uh, I think he has flex value for sure. I think Gabe Davis is going to land somewhere. I don't think it's going to be Buffalo. But Gabe Davis is someone to get excited about. And then there's guys like Noah Brown who played the, himself into a contract year and potentially going somewhere that give some volume and targets. So there's, you know, and Zay Jones, how could I ever forget Zay Jones is on this team as well. So there's great wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five depth that will keep Tommy competitive 
as he goes into this 2024 class. So let's talk about a little bit this 2024 class. Tommy is the 102, which is a tear break from Marvin Harrison Jr., but also a tear break from everyone else below him. He has 111, which is unfortunate for Tommy. When going into the playoff season, Tommy felt like probably he was getting 106. So he was going to have the 102 and 106. But Amari Cooper in week 15, and then just poor play by Logan in week 16 gets Dave all the way to the championship. So 101, 111. And then actually no picks in the second round. And then picks two picks in the third round. What does Tommy do? Well, the first option is this. Does Tommy want Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's the first question I ask. Does Tommy think he can get him? I think he can. Like I mentioned before, I think Tommy's better set up for success than Alex is at the moment. I don't think Alex is that much far off. But when you have Gibbs and Brees Hall and, and Mark Andrews, like those are three superstars right there and where Alex right now really has one superstar. So maybe Alex says, Hey, I'll take 102 and I'll take maybe 111 or I will take maybe Mike Williams or maybe um, a 2025 first and swap second, something like that. Maybe Alex moves off of 101 to 102. And then all of a sudden now Marvin Harrison Jr. is a nobody. Now, do we see Alex doing that? Probably not. So we're, we're going to say Alex is not going to do that. We're going to go in with the 102. And 102 is just, if it was 2023, if it was 2022, if it was 2021, I mean, all the way back to Chase, I think that I truly believe that Malik Neighbors is that good. And I, I think I've talked to Jake about it. I talked to Jake and Logan about it when we were down to Cincinnati last Friday. I've noticed that when players move at different speeds, like when you watch them, you watch a clip of them, and it looks like they're moving at a different speed than everyone else, that seems to always translate. And look no further than his own lineup and look at Jameer Gibbs. Watch any highlight of Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. And you're going to see this player that looks like their gear is just something that no one else has. And it's special. So when you watch Malik Neighbors, he has the the production profile. He's going to have the measurables. This guy might run 4-2. I think he's going to run in the low 4-3s, but he's probably going to run 4-2 or 4-3-3, but he could run 4-2, which is insane. Low 4-3s is blazing. He has the size. He can make the catches. He's got the route nuances. And he's going to be a top 10 pick. He probably is going to be a top 5, top 6 pick. I can see him going to either L.A. for the Chargers. I could see him going to New York Giants. And I know when I say Giants, everyone gets scared. But if you're a transcendent talent, you're not going to be ruined by a team. You're going to get your volume. You're going to get your targets. You may not be as good as you can be, but you're still going to be great. You're still going to be worth the pick at two. And I think that when you talk about Brees, Jameer Gibbs, Malik Neighbors, Mark Andrews as a base, I mean, we're talking as a nice, good base, that is that is huge. I think that is so big for this team moving forward, which is why I'm so excited. Like, how fun is that team? That is such a fun team. 
So I'm really excited for him about that. So leaves you at 111. If he stays at 111, um, 111 depends. It's definitely going to be receiver or running back at 111. I don't think he could go for quarterback if he feels like it. If he and he absolutely can, that's a great spot for a quarterback. But what have I said all offseason? It's a great year to need a wide receiver. Who has the worst wide receiver room? Probably Tommy Schultz. So this is the perfect year, which leads me to my next point, trading. What can Tommy do to improve his roster this offseason? Much like Alex, Tommy has a great disparity or parity in talent. You have Gibbs and you have Brees Hall that are extremely high in value. You have Mark Andrews, who's also very solid in value. And then you have a guy like maybe Mark, or I would say Mike Williams is probably his next most valuable player. That's probably around the 200 range, much like Christian Kirk and Deontay Johnson of Alex's team. There's not that 300, 400, 500 juice guy that, you know, really helps with trading. And then also Tommy doesn't have any second round picks. And why is that? Well, let's address the problem. Tommy had a strategy last year that was questioned and was taken advantage of by Matt. And Matt essentially said, hey, Tommy, give me all your second round picks. I'll keep giving you all these veteran players that are aging and are, are on the decline. And Tommy accepted. And he's we've talked about it. A couple of those players that that turned into Roshan Johnson, Jaden Reed, Rashi Rice. These are these are going to be players on, on Matt's team. They're going to be good. I mean, Jaden, I would say that Roshan's got a chance. But Jaden Reed and Rasheed Rice have already shown flashes that they can be somebody. And those guys could be nobodies. Instead, he has Zay Jones. And he has, um, I can't even think of some of the guys, like Kareem Hunt and players like that where he acquired. You're like, why Why would you do that? That was the one time I actually reached out and I said, what, what are you doing? I think Tommy realizes now that that's not the way to go. And, and he needs to build through youth. So what's the strategy? We gotta get away in the second round. There, this this class, this this class in particular for Tommy is exactly what he needs. He needs to acquire second round picks. So, what does that mean for him? Does that mean going dipping in the twenty five? I don't know necessarily, but maybe is it moving Mike Williams? Is it maybe moving Mark Andrews? Um, calling up Eric and maybe saying, "Hey, I could use a tight end that's lesser." And what can you, you know, what can I get? And then trade off Mark Andrews to a team that has some picks uh, that could really use Mark Andrews. Maybe Alex. Alex has two second round picks. Maybe Alex is like, I'm, I mean, Komet's good, but I'll take a second round pick. Maybe like a 201 and, and Cole Komet for, for Mark Andrews, or maybe second and a third for Mark Andrews. Maybe. But I think Tommy needs to get some second-round picks this year because the wide receiver class is so deep that I think cultivating that back half of that roster with a bunch of wide receivers could really do this roster some good. And like I said, Tommy's built for 2025. I believe Tommy has two 2025 first-round picks, I think. I don't know since I'm not looking. But this team is really built for a 2025 run. And he may be disappointed to get the second overall pick again. But as you can see from last year, the second overall pick last year has treated him very nicely. 
and he's some some guy that's very excited, you know, someone to be very excited about. So that's my one one thing with Tommy. I would say maybe moving off of some guys on on his bench, maybe Mike Williams or maybe Mark Mark Andrews. That's really the only one I see of value. You could try to get Gabe Davis, but you're gonna have to wait for free agency to see where Gabe Davis lands. I don't think anyone's interested in Gabe Davis right now. And then Wandale Robinson, maybe you have some interest in him, but for the value, I don't think it's worth giving up unless you put him in a package of some of some sort. So we'll see what Tommy does. I think Tommy has a lot of flexibility with 111. I think Tommy can move back. I think Tommy could take quarterback, wide receiver, et cetera. But with this class being so wide receiver dominant, I think it's just it's going to be a wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver for his four draft picks. I really do. I think he needs all the diversity of talent he can get. And then my last piece of advice for Tommy is pay attention to what's going on in the offseason. There are great people. You can go on social media. You can just type in Dynasty. You can look up. You can type in Senior Bowl, Combine, etc. And there's people doing all the hard work for you. And best of all, we pay for a subscription that does really good work. The person that uses this website more than anyone acquired Jake Ferguson and Puka Nakua because of DLF articles. Read some articles. If you're right before you go to bed, you're like, I want a nice late read. DLF is pumping out great contact content right now. Every single day, who to trade, who retain, who to keep, what's the value, how to evaluate rosters, etc. There's so much on there. And now they're going into draft profiles. DLF has people down at the senior bowl that are going to be reporting on it. They just it's just such a great place for content. So Tommy needs to be using that. He needs to be understanding. If he care like I, I've seen it in Tommy this year. It's just been such a growth in confidence. There's been a growth of interest this year, at least from my perspective. And it's just such a fun team that he has. I think a little due diligence, like just a little bit of effort and doing some research on the draft is going to do him wonders. So that's it for the nobodies to somebodies. I look forward to talking about my least favorite team, the Miamisburg loser Minotaurs. Until then, see you guys.